if we do not protect our nation, if we cannot protect our freedom, if we cannot protect our economy, I promise you, we will not be, Canada, the world will not be able to help anymore. We'll not be able to help the refugees, we'll not be able to help the minorities, we'll not be able to create a civilization because you cannot give what you have. It's such a pleasure to introduce you to our special guest speaker, Reverend Majed Al Shafi. Majed is an author, human rights activist, and the founder of One Free World International. He is also a survivor of religious persecution and torture. He now devotes his life to fighting for others who are also being persecuted for their faith. Majed, welcome to the Empower Hour. We're so glad you can join us. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much, Heather. Thank you. Thank you, Heather. Well, welcome, my friend. How are you doing? I am getting old. You are getting younger. You and Heather getting younger, and I'm the only one getting older in this concept. So I'm very upset about that. Okay. Well, you're hmm. still looking good. The cam, the camera, the camera's not giving you away. So <laughs> it's all good. Well, for twenty pound. That's the only problem. But that's fine. <laughs> okay. Well, it's really good to have you on the show. Um, I know that you're a very busy man, and uh, I know that you only have a limited time with us. So I really want to dig in. Can you give our viewers uh, an update of what your week looks like since this horrific attack has taken place against the uh, people? the citizens of um, Israel? Well, uh, to start with, um, uh, before e even this attack occurred, we have to just put few principles in place, a few found strong foundation within the discussion. Uh, you know, Tanya, when you're, when you're looking at the articles and um, uh, the, 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 the the TV propaganda and the shows of the Nazis in the old days uh, during the Second World War, you found that the same speeches being given today, the same exact speeches coming from uh, many of the Arab Muslim countries, uh, Muslim countries in general, not just Arab Muslim countries, and, and instead of Jew, they say Israel, is the same anti-Semitism is the same statement, is the same anger, is the same hatred. But instead of the Jew, saying a Jew, they will say Israel. We have to understand that we are today we are seeing a new level or a new shape of anti-Semitism. It's exactly the same, but just replacing one word by another. Just to make something very clear from the beginning of the show, Israel have the right to exist and Israel have the right to defend itself. So you are free to criticize Israel as you wish. Israel is a nation like any nation. The Jewish people is Jewish people like every people. Uh, but, and you can criticize them. You can disagree with them. You can say that this is not correct or that's correct. Anything you want, that's fine. That's democracy. That's, that, that's the freedom of expression. But with two main foundation, or oh, this will be the new anti-Semitism that we see today, which is, Israel have the right to exist, and Israel have the right to defend itself. After these two foundations, you are free to discuss anything, but you have to have these two foundations in the conversation in order to know that you are not in this new wave of anti-Semitism, the moderate way of anti-Semitism that we see today, right. certainly. 
Yeah, no, I'm glad that you've uh, clarified that as well, because uh, the world is uh, very much being propagandized by the media. They have for many years when it comes to uh, the Jewish people. I think throughout history, uh, they are, they are call, called the chosen people of God, and uh, he has a very special plan. They've been under uh, severe attack for as long as I can ever remember, and it's always been a matter of uh, generally defending themselves, going on the defense once they've been attacked. And so somehow I see again, we see, I think in, in my lifetime, the most horrific, violent attack I've ever seen against uh, humanity. And then at the same time, when there is a response, we have seen what's been happening in the streets of Canada to rise up in defense of those atrocities. And, uh, you know, then the media, CBC News, etc., try to manipulate the headlines in order to take away what the initial, initial tragedy was and what the appropriate response and, and fair response to that is. In, in reality, we have to understand that this was the worst attack on Israel 50 years ago since Yom Kippur. And it's happened exactly in the same Yom Kippur day. The Yom Kippur war happened on October 6th. This one happened on October 7th. So in the end, as the Jewish community and Israel ending uh, 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 Sukkot and starting Simcha Torah, which is a, a religious holiday within the Jewish belief, this attack occur. And the sad thing, you see, uh, if it's man to man, five by five, you know, army to army, soldier to soldier, I understand it's a war. But when we're talking about killing a civilian, when we're talking about killing more than 100, and, uh, sorry, uh, 1,300 civilian, uh, when we're talking about kidnapping more than uh, 100, and, well, is estimated almost 199 people today is being kidnapped, children, babies, uh, elderly ladies, elderly men, to massacre, and it's the same way because we experienced this with, with ISIS. We saw the same level of uh, uh, slaughter, the same level of savages, you know, with ISIS. It was the same thing. There is absolutely no difference between Hamas and ISIS. Absolutely no difference. And that's what I need to, the people to understand. And I tell the, all the demonstrators, the pro-Palestinian demonstrators, uh, 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 you you have the right to demonstrate in peace, absolutely. But please be aware, and we are not against the Palestinian people. I just want to make sure of something very important that not me and not Tanya, not the people that were. We don't hate. We are we are believers. We don't have the capability of hate. As much as I pray for Israel, as much as I pray for the peace of Jerusalem, I pray for the salvation of the Palestinian people. Absolutely, mm -hmm. I pray for them. There is no. A human being is a human being. Make no mistake about that. But to tell me that Hamas speaks on behalf of the Palestinians, be careful. If you go out in the street in pro-Palestinian demonstration, you have the right to echo what concerns you. You have the right to echo the, 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 um, the misery that the Palestinian people lives in. But you have to remember that Hamas is the main reason of this misery. 
If Hamas stopped their attack and make a peace agreement, that would not be the shape. If Hamas did not use their own people, their own people as a human shield, that would not be here. If Hamas did not put their weapon and storage, storage their weapon in under hospitals, schools, homes, this would not happen. We have to understand something very important. Israel is, is, is the only army in the world that will warn the people before they will attack them. They will yes. tell them, we will attack you now. Mm-hmm. You know, now, I, I refuse that all Palestinians is Hamas and all Hamas is Palestinians. I refuse that because Hamas, after all, is backed by Iran, supported by Iran. So Funded, we know, yep. and I know, and you know, that Hamas, not all Hamas Palestinians and not all Palestinians Hamas. But if you looked equally to the West Bank and you found that they are in a better condition, they are more, you know, electricity, food, uh, crossing, making business and so on. Take a look at the two different. One is with Hamas, one without Hamas. But the question that I have to ask for the people, the extremism and the pro-Palestinians that are going out in the street, allow me to use this program to ask you one very important question. What about Hamas treatment to the minorities? Your own Palestinian. Remember, not all the Palestinians is Muslims. Remember that. Many people don't even remember that. Many of the Palestinians is Christians. Now, I am asking you, straightforward, if you are going out in the streets, demonstrating be pro-Palestinian, no problem with that. That's your opinion. But if you want to be pro-Hamas, be careful. What's happening to the minorities? You come and tell me what's happening to the Christians under Hamas. Tell me what's happened to the women's rights under Hamas. Why nobody's talking to me about that? They are calling them freedom fighters. They are criminals. They are war yeah. criminals. Murderers. They persecute minorities. They are killing their own people. They are using their own people as a human shield. When the hospital blew up, the media did not even wait to clarify the news. And after that, we are discovering it was not that the, the Israeli Air Force. It was a rocket. It was a rocket by Hamas and the, the jihadist group. And one of them misfired, hit the hospital, killing. They killed their own people. They killed their own, and the media didn't even apologize for the misunderstanding, the, 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 for, for over, overreacting without even knowing the facts. The media didn't even apologize for that. There is the satellite pictures. There is evidence. There is very clearly that it was not an Israeli missile. It was a Palestinian rocket. And yet, the media did not apologize until now. I am not against Palestinians, we love you and we are praying for you as well and for your salvation as a Christians. But please, tell me, are you killing your own people? Are you are you using your own people shield in, as a shield? Are you persecuting the minorities? Are you taking from the woman every right that she can have? Then you are not a freedom fighter. You are a terrorist group. Yes. Thank you, Majed, I'm 100% behind you this, and I welcome you sending that message to the Palestinian Canadians to, you know, encourage you, have a recheck, have a reboot. You have the privilege to be in a country that offers you free democracy and to celebrate such horrendous events because you choose victimhood over victory. And, and that's something that I see throughout the rising concerns within the Islamic community across Canada is they choose victimhood in order to advance their agenda. And if we look at 
one one thing I want to ask is when you were talking about the West Bank, the Palestinians, I understand that uh, the Palestinians that live in the West Bank, um, even they, there's many that even have jobs in Israel where they've peacefully been able to uh, work and then, uh, you know, have that that privilege of doing that as well. Is that correct? Many of them, yes. Uh, I'm not saying that Fatah is better in, in many ways, but Fatah did make a peace agreement with Israel, and I, I think they respected this peace agreement to the best of their ability. From time to time, there would be an extremist element, and Israel have to defend itself at some point. So, but in general, the difference between Gaza and 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 and, and Hamas and and West Bank and Fatah is being very clear. Yes. The, the, the thing here is, but even when we look at, at West Bank, let's look, for example, at um, uh, uh, Bethlehem. You know that Bethlehem used to be more than 90% Christians. Today, they are less than 2% Christians. Can you please tell me how? Why? Can you tell me why? So I need to ask once again, if you're going in the street demonstrating uh, uh, we, this is Canada. I see a mosque beside a church, beside a synagogue, beside a temple. Welcome to Canada. That's the freedom. And you have the right to use your freedom. But explain to me why today in Bethlehem, the birthplace of, birthplace of Christ, there is less than 2% after 90%. I need to understand the reason. Well, I mean, and, and... If, you can answer, if you want to get angry, why don't get angry on that? Why don't get angry on women's rights? Why don't get angry on on uh, um, uh, uh, minority rights? And for the LGBT community, for the LGBT community, what about the LGBT community rights in the Palestinian Authority and in Hamas? Why you are silenced? Now we are going to support Hamas, and you are you are uh, 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 upset about what's happening to the. Why, why are you not talking and saying, where, where are the rights for the LGBT community? It's very important that we remember we're here to fight for every right. If you are a minority, if you are a woman, if you are LGBT community, we'd love to see you that you have your own right respected as a human being. But don't remain silent and put your hands in a terrorist hand. Yeah, I like I like that, you know, and uh, people could consider this as about uh, culture or the color of somebody's skin and, you know, uh, religion, etc. But when we take a look at, uh, you know, back at Hitler's time and the Nazis, great atrocities were happening and the world responded then as well. And where there are atrocities, the world is going to respond against the evil. What took place in Israel to the Jewish people was evil and they have a right to respond to it. And when you were talking about Bethlehem, Egypt, so many, we could go over so many uh, countries within the Middle East Asia where the Muslims have come in and they've subjugated and conquered. And they did it brutally with bloodshed as they are today. This is historical ever since, you know, Old Testament times. And are people aware, I mean, they talk about, uh, you know, that, um, uh, what is the term right now that the Palestinians are saying the Israels have, you know, taken this land, but, you know, people need to understand that this land belonged to the Christians and Jews way before the Muslims came along. And there was a war and, and uh, you know, Israel or, or, um, or, or the section of uh, Gaza was taken, uh, then and Judea, 
And uh, Judea was, uh, I'm just going to my notes for a second because I was uh, l looking into, you know, a lot of this uh, and researching it. And I really have to encourage people to go ahead. Don't listen to the mainstream media. Don't think that uh, Israel has come in and unfairly taken this land. What is that? Uh, in 1967, 1969, there was a six-day war and uh, Israel, Israel took this land back. And, and so, you know, people are saying that the Palestinians have a right, uh, you know, to be fighting and that they're the victims in this, and, and it's really not the case. And so can you speak into that about, about the, uh, the land that is in dispute for so many years? What's the importance of this land? And again, the subjugation and the conquer of Muslims into Christian nations and brutally doing that. I mean, you've experienced that firsthand yourself, Majed. I need to speak with you, and I need to remind everybody watching us that I'm Egyptian. I'm not Israeli. Uh, I'm not a Jewish. I'm, I'm Egyptian. I was born in Egypt. I'm a Christian. So I'm not a Palestinian, and I'm not Israeli. Uh, I am a, an Egyptian from the Middle East. Uh, some people would call Egyptians Arabs as well. I don't, I, I don't believe Egyptians are Arabs, but you know, but I am from the Middle East, and we are a traditional enemy to Israel. The Egyptians and the Israelis fought many, many wars together. The last one was the Yom Kippur War. This is the land of Israel more than 3,000 years ago. I cannot express to you enough that even, like, read your, read your Bible. It drove me crazy when even Christians doesn't know that. Read your Bible. Read, read what the Bible is saying. Forget about the Bible. You are not a Christian, you don't believe in, in the Bible. Read your Quran. Even in the Quran, indicate that the Jewish people lived in this land. These are the original people of the land. And with my all due respect, when you are talking to me about, uh, uh, about uh, a land, even it was even bigger than that, it was not this small little square. You can go from one side to Israel to the another side in Israel in four or five hours drive. Did you know that? In four or five hours, you can go from one side to another side. It's just a small little thing. The land, the land of Canaan was way more. The land of the Jewish people was way bigger than that. They just want this, this small little piece to live in. And you tell me that it's belong to the Palestinians. Show me one time in the history there was a country called Palestine. Just show me one time in the history, one time, and any period, that there was a state or a country called Palestine. And it just was created now because Israel made peace with Fatah, and they called it the Palestinian Authority. But with my old respect, to come to tell me that this is not a Jewish land, even today, you know, Tanya, even today, when, uh, you know what the, what the name of the, in English, the people that dig in the sand and they found like an old... Uh, uh, stuff like what they call them. Um, you know, when you, when you dig to look at historical treasure artifacts. Tre uh, oh yes, yeah. Oh oh um, yes. Uh, okay. okay, I have my own excuse, Tanya. That English is not my first language. What's your own excuse? I know I don't have an excuse. Sheila, come on, you're on. <laughs> Heather, where is Heather? Where is Heather, Heather when we need her? Where is Archaeologist. Heather? There we go. Thank you, Gordon. Thank you. <laughs> Even even our kids today, when they are digging, they are finding old Hebrew 
artifact. They never find an Arab artifact. So with my all due respect, when, when, when even when we're looking at the, at the history, every day they discover a new place or this was King David Palace or this was this or that. Don't tell me that this land does not belong to the Jews because that's actually their land. And if anything, the Palestinians and the Arabs, with my own respect, the ones that try to take it from them. And I'm saying this as an Egyptian. And, you know, because the, the try, word I was trying to think about a moment ago as well was, uh, you know, they say that Israel is occupying that land, but it's Israel's land. Historically, it's Israel's land, and the Islamists have constantly come in and tried to conquer it and take that land. And the Palestinians, you know, I, I know that some people, you know, will rent their house and it, and it doesn't go well, or they have a, a property and a house that they're not living in, and people will come in and they're squatters and they have certain rights to be squatters and uh you know palestinians may be highly offended by using that kind of analogy but i don't know how else to describe this people really don't understand the history of where the palestinians are living in the land that they're on right now and uh just to go back a little bit when you were talking about hamas the palestinians i forget how many years what eight years ago how long has uh hamas been around it's it's been longer than eight years and they were uh voted in you know to that position and the palestinians know that they're using these tunnels as hubs to hold uh the weapons um under hospitals under schools and israel has graciously said you know like a warning we, we're gonna bring the rain this is an atrocity that we cannot ignore. Hamas is going to continue to attack their own people. Like you said, they use them as human shields. And I don't understand why the Palestinians here in Canada aren't outraged about this, why they wouldn't be supporting the Israelis and saying, take out Hamas. And is it because, you know, the Palestinians want Hamas to take out Israel? And, and I think bottom line for those who, you know, are supporting us, that's the root. They're not caring about the women and children that they're putting in front of them, uh, you know, as targets when they fight this war. It's very confusing to me. It is confusing for the whole world, but it goes down to the religion, Tanya. Uh, I would not be politically correct about it, with my own respect. And when you have in, in the Islam, I, I, I'm not trying to insult anybody, I'm just mentioning a fact. When you have Islam, telling you that in the end of time, uh, all the Muslims have to kill all the Jews, and the Jews will hide behind a tree, and even the tree will talk to the Muslims and tell them, come, uh, uh, kill this Jew behind me. That, that That's really in the religion. I'm not, I'm not just saying that. When you are I calling, know, yeah. yeah. When, you, when you say they are pigs and monkeys, you know, and remember, the first sign of a genocide uh, is dehumanizing some some uh, the, the group. So when you have in the religion, they are calling the pigs and pigs and monkeys. This is a very serious, because you are dehumanizing them, which is mean that you are making them easier to kill. So you you know so if they are human, oh, oh we cannot kill. But now they are just pigs and monkeys. It's okay. You are just killing an animal. And that's the problem that we are facing right now. So it goes down to the religion. Now, the prime minister can stand up and say, oh, remember who we are, we're Canadians, we're fun, we're nice, we're supposed to coexist together. That's fine. You can do whatever you want as a liberal prime minister that you cannot even 
protect our economy or our young people from marijuana or protect our country from extremism. Uh, as a failure prime minister as you are, you have, if you really want to fight this, you have to be not politically correct. Politically correctness is the very cancer in our Canadian fabric. We have to speak the truth. We have to say this is the wrong ideology. And what is the best way? Weapons will not solve the problem alone. I, 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 I need to make this very clear. We try to finish ISIS. ISIS still exists in, in Syria, by the way, not in the same magnitude, not with the same power. Muslim Brotherhood, where Muslim Brotherhood, all of the schools that you see, all of this organization came from one school, the Muslim Brotherhood in Egypt. And that's the truth. ISIS, uh, uh, Abu Sayyaf group in Philippines, uh, um, Abu Haram in Nigeria, Hamas, uh, uh, in the Middle East, uh, where it's, um, uh, um, before uh, Al Qaeda, you know, all of these groups came from a school of the Muslim Brotherhood. That's 100% correct in Egypt. 100%. I challenge anybody to prove me wrong. Well, the mm -hmm. question that I have here, the question that I have here, weapons will not solve that. Even if you killed uh, Hamas, there will be another jihad, the Mujahideen will come up. Uh, Boko Haram, Abu Sayyaf group will come up. We have to fight an ideology with the facts, with mm -hmm. making the people understand and knowing the facts, re-educating the public and explain to them the truth and showing them the fact. You don't have to believe me, you can disagree with me, but look at facts. There is a facts, and that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, and uh, on that, Majed, if for people as well who are watching the Empower Hour, I do a 15-minute weekly update before this, and I was covering you. Know, I'll probably do it at the end of the show, and I'll repeat it. But I was showing what was going on in Canada. You know, all of the Islamic schools, I, I didn't count them, but there's over 100 of them just in Ontario alone. And the Muslim Association of Canada is in charge of multiple schools in Ontario and across Canada, and they're the ones that are outwardly supporting the Muslim Brotherhood. And uh, so the schools that I was showing prior to this, uh, this report I had launched, The Rise of Political Islam in Canada, back in uh, 2019, and I was keeping track of news reports uh, from, from Canada alone, not around the world, and uh, the violence that was attached to this, teaching children in their uh, Islamic schools about beheadings. And again, you know, people say, well, what about the nice moderate Muslim? And I say they're, they're now irrelevant. When they come into a country, the extremists follow them. And in the Quran, they, Muslims are told that it is okay to lie to advance, you know, the call of Allah. And so we say, who now is that nice Muslim uh, neighbor or person, you know, that we've come to have a relationship with? And how are we as Canadians uh, supposed to know the difference? And it's become very, very complicated. And we can see that in all Western nations now, take a look at Sweden. We had um, Alex Newman on last week who used to live in Sweden. It's a third of uh, Islamists. If you saw what was going on in London this week, they were taking over statues and, and the Palestinians were putting up Islamist flags. Uh, I forget the 16% there. And they say, if your country has 10% Muslims in them, you're done. And so we are slowly being invaded and it's not to insult the individual person, but I'm calling out to moderate Muslims, how can you support a faith where your own book calls on you to hate me? 
and and to murder Jews and to lie and and to deceive. And I I just can't wrap my head around this. And one historical fact is is that Islam and the West have never ever been able to coexist for this very reason because they always have the objective to conquer and to subjugate. And that's exactly what's going on in Canada right now, right under everybody's noses. And we're trying to provide you that information. We need to shut down multiculturalism. And then we need to do what Sweden or Switzerland is doing and begin to close down every single mosque that is tied to terrorism. And those are bold statements to make, but we love our country. And if we, we have a right to protect our borders and we have a right to protect our citizens and our sovereignty. Uh, um... That with a Muslim, moderate Muslim, one second, please, my apology. With a Muslim, um, mod, with a moderate Muslims, you have to understand that the moderate Muslims, and I actually know many of them, and there is many organizations that Muslim organization that actually is standing with Israel and is standing against the radical Islam. Um, they are also in 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 danger. You have to know that the extremism, uh, the Muslim extremists, is dangerous even to their own people. Uh, because if you refuse to wear hijab, if you put a little bit makeup, look what's happening in Iran. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you have an extremist government, and if you are a woman that doesn't show, uh, doesn't cover her full hair, you will be taken to police station, raped, beaten to death. And we saw what's happened in Iran just a few months ago. And the world also remains silent and supporting the people of Iran with my own respect. Uh, uh, we have to remember the one major thing. We really need more of the Muslim community to speak up. Yes. We really need from them to stand up with us. We don't hate you. We will never hate you. But we hate your silent. Mm -hmm. Because this danger, if after they are done with the Jews and after they are done with the Christians and after they are done, you are next. You have to understand mm -hmm. that. Moderate yeah. Muslims in danger. They are becoming more and more minority. And I would tell you, we need your voice. We need your action now. People calling us, not politically correct, people calling us names, uh, white suppressors, whatever. I, I don't know. I, I think they would call me brown supremacist, but I don't know what they would call me. But I need to challenge the moderate Muslim. Speak up. That's your time. If you want to protect yourself, if you want to protect your heritage, do not allow the extremists to steal it from you and to destroy your repetition. Right. And what, what can you say? I mean, you came from an Islamic country. For myself as a white Christian woman, is there a one of the 56 Islamic majority countries that I could go into, Majed? Could I live anywhere safely in a, in a, in a Muslim majority country as a white Christian? Could no. I run for office? No. Uh, it, it used to be Turkey at some point in the history. Sadly, right. that's changed in the last uh, 10 years from Erdogan. Um, uh, I don't know even if the people listening even know that uh, there is a small little country it's called Karabakh. Azerbaijan and Turkey just took over, killing all the Christians, raped Christian children, forced the rest to leave to Armenia. They're Armenians. You know, that's just happened recently. Nobody ever spoke. 
Nobody said anything. It was on the BBC it. maybe for a day. We don't hear exactly. How many people knew that? How many mm -hmm. people know that Karabakh, as of January 1st, does not exist anymore because January 1st of this coming January, officially, it will be gone. Because Azerbaijan, Turkey took over, killing all the Christians, taking all of them. You know? Well, and no, this nobody is my, hear about that. This is my mm. point, is that Muslims want world domination. And as we naively let them into our nation, uh, the last time you were on this show, it just sticks in, stuck in my head, is that you said with all the Palestinians, because now Biden apparently said he's going to bring in two million Palestinians, and it's like, that is not going to be good, uh, you know, for America. I'm sure Trudeau is going to start uh, victimizing them and bringing them in. But on the show last time, you said it would be much more advantageous for Palestinians to go to Qatar, Turkey, uh, you know, an Islamic nation where they shame, say, share the same culture. And uh, there is no doubt, and it's already proving true in Canada, that we've opened this door and we actually need to shut it because of the uh, risk of uh, violence and increasing violence everywhere that they go. And that the plan of the Muslim Brotherhood, who has political entryism into all levels of our government, are taking it over from within, passing Islamophobia motions, just strategically getting themselves. They're very, very patient when they come in to take over a nation. Now, you were, uh, like you say, born in Egypt into a Muslim family. You were brought up Muslim, and at the age of 18, you became a Christian. And in the action that we sent out, and we encourage people, if you want to know the uh, bio and the history of Majed, you can go into the description when we launch this video and, uh, you know, hear about how you were tor tortured and, uh, you know, nearly pronounced dead, but you escaped you came to Canada because of you converting from Islam to Christianity. And now 80%, I believe, of your work is rescuing Christians from Islamic countries. There's no end to this. Uh, and there will never be an end as long as there is a fight between good and evil. Mm -hmm. uh, back again to Israel, for example, you have an Arabs, uh, Palestinian MPs in the, in the Knesset, in the Israeli Knesset. You have Christians in the uh, police officers in Israel. You have uh, uh, Arab as the ministers, you know, in, in previously. Um, show me one Jewish person, part of the government with the, in the Palestinian Authority. None. That's just the truth. And, and, and listen, Tanya, for, for us to be honest, I am not crazy about Netanyahu either, mm -hmm. to be honest. That's the next subject I was going to yeah, speak to you about. Yeah, Netanyahu is a very, very corrupted person. The changes that he was doing, the laws and the regulation that he was doing there, uh, he was dividing his nation only for his own benefit. He was trying to, he was trying not to go to prison, so he was changing some laws and regulation. Even the Israelis was going outside in the street demonstrating against him. Mm -hmm. The reason that Hamas, I believe one of the reasons that Hamas succeeded, because he was choosing a government, was a handicapped government, was not able to protect Israel, and above all, divided his nation. And when you have a dividing, divided nation, it's very easy to conquer, it's very easy to hit. Netanyahu, as a prime minister, is a failure prime minister. He was elected on one promise and one promise only. I will. I am the. I am the savior of Israel. I will always protect Israel, and he didn't. 
Even his one promise he failed in. In a matter of fact, there are some voices within Israel. They feel it's very strange that this has happened as Netanyahu was losing grip over the power. And they even believe that maybe uh, uh, Netanyahu, yeah, this has happened so he can use it for his benefit to stay longer in power or or to do so. I, I don't know where's the truth in this. I don't see evidence or proofs. But I can tell you by fact that the man is a failure of a prime minister, 100%. I know that people are very, very concerned thinking, how can the strongest border in the world end up getting infiltrated? They said not even a mouse could cross that border. Um, there was uh, reports that uh, a military person had said they were told to stand down in that region, uh, that the people that were the soldiers were taken uh, from guarding the cities and that locals um, are called on to guard uh, the city and three weeks prior, you know, that the guns were taken away. So these were unarmed uh, citizens. And so, you know, having some proof, having some understanding of those details as to how that could have so easily happened and why it took so long for a response. It's devastating to think that Netanyahu may have had a hand in this or, as, as you're explaining to it, that he too, like the Canadian government, has allowed, allowed individuals into positions of government who, who could have blatantly uh, been working possibly with the other side and uh, somehow effectively, uh, you know, created these changes in that hole for this uh, atrocity to happen. But I just, you know, I, I look forward to really hearing the facts on what took place here. And this is what I'm trying to explain to Canadians. I'm not racist against you know, people coming. We've been a very accommodating uh, country in bringing people into our nation, but I do not believe they should hold a seat in office unless they are a Christian. This is a Christian nation, and what's good for the goose is good for the gander. If it's good for them, then we shouldn't be criticized for having the same expectation to protect our own sovereignty. And um, so do you, do you have any comment on that? They are not an example to us, Daniel. No. So I understand from where you come from, but they are not an example to us. If they don't allow Christians to be part of the government, we will not be like them. Uh, we are better than that. We are not them, and we will never be them. I think what we are all hoping and we're, what we are all saying, that we have to be tougher, we have to be stronger, we, if we cannot help ourselves, we'll not be able to help others. Right. Uh, I told you before, I don't know if I told you that before, this example, uh, one time I was flying on an airplane and, uh, and uh, 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 what, what do you call her? The uh, stewardess. Stewardess. Stewardess, yes, sorry. Came and she said, like, if the oxygen mask went down, you know, put it on the child first, before, uh, sorry, put it in yourself first before you put it in the child. And I had a big problem with that. And I told her, sorry, I will put it in the child first before myself. She said, no, sir, if you cannot help yourself, you will not be able to help the child. Mm -hmm. If we do not protect our nation, if we cannot pr protect our freedom, if we cannot protect our economy, I promise you, we will not be, uh, Canada, the world will not be able to help anymore. We'll not yeah. be able to help the refugees, We'll not be able to help the minorities. We'll not be able to create a civilization because you cannot give what 
you have. And and this is what I've I've said. I always quote my uncle Ed. I love him to bits. He's uh, ninety one years old now, um, and he always said, you know, the lighthouse on shore is a beacon of hope to the sailors at sea. And I always saw Canada as a beacon of hope, but that's only when our policies were strong. You know, that you came to Canada, you would almost want to kiss the ground when you got here. You'd be so grateful for the gift of living in a country that offered this kind of freedom and democracy. But uh, yes. Trudeau is taking, you know, treasonous acts uh, against us, uh, you know, by broadening everything so far uh, and allowing others to come into government. You have fought the Canadian government for the Ogunkoya family. Family, uh, the Christian family that escaped Boko Haram and a threat in Nigeria. You're on the front lines fighting. Now, um, I know that your time is limited, Majed. And so, um, first of all, let's uh, let our viewers know where it is that you're heading and why. And then, Terenzio, will you queue up the uh, donation page, please? Uh, I'm leaving to Israel uh, on Sunday. Uh, one free world international, we just don't talk. Uh, we take an action. So we are going to Israel uh, to support the, the Israeli nation, the Jewish nation in this time of need. Uh, we are going to visit the, the south, the borders with Gaza. Uh, we are going to help the people, the survivors, the, the families of the hostages. We are going to the crisis center to be able to uh, provide them with the support and the need, the, the support that they need the soldiers and their families uh, rebuilding the south of Israel after the distractions. We are going there this coming Sunday. And for everybody that listened to us, One Free World International cannot do this without you, without your prayers, number one, and your contribution. So we thank you in, in, in advance for your support. Right. So, Trenzio, would you please bring the... Uh... One Free World International page up. This is, uh, you know, Majed has been in this fight on the front line uh, for people, like I say, that are facing persecution and immense atrocities. atrocities. There's the donate button. Uh, they are a human rights organization. They fight for everyone. It isn't just Christians. Like he says that if, uh, if it is a humanitarian situation where somebody is being treated so uh, violently, uh, One Free World is there uh, to help. And so we would like all of you, as you see this, $5, $25, $10, whatever you can donate to help Majed and his team on the front line. And uh, you can imagine if this was Canada and our country was attacked in such a way, if there were families where our loved ones were kidnapped, we would need uh, support. We can't trust the UN. Uh, we would not uh, donate to any United Nations organization, but One Free World International with Majed is a trusted organization who will put every dollar towards uh, protecting and helping and assisting, uh, you know, the uh, Jewish people who have uh, experienced this, as I say, atrocity. Um, so Majed, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, you're a repeat guest. We look forward to having you back on the show. We pray for you. We pray that the Lord would uh, bless you and keep you and your team safe as uh, that as you head into this uh, war zone. And uh, we just pray for your protection. Tanya, thank you so much for thinking about us and always including us. By all means, you and your organization is my heroes. And I love the great work that you are doing from coast to coast. And as I said, uh, and I will say it again, and that's how I will end the program. A uh, 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 woman age like wine become more refined, more valuable, 
men age like milk. We become more sour, and you throw <laughs> us in the garbage, and you buy us, you buy new ones. So anyway, <laughs> God bless you guys. Take You're care. a jokester. Well, yeah, we thank you. And you know, I'm actually going to look forward as well to you coming back and giving us, uh, you know, a report once you find out more of the details. I want to think the best, you know, maybe of Netanyahu and his leadership and uh, what the Israelis <laughs> are doing. I'm going to play a, a news clip now for everybody. Stay around because I think it's really, really important to undo uh, the uh, media's view of what uh, the agenda of what they're giving and and the view and it's uh, misinformation we're going to try to straighten some of that out um there was something else oh yes when you come back as well uh there's other work that majed and i are doing actually very much on behalf of canadians we've been working for the last 10 months uh together um on a plan and at some point in the near future we will be letting you know so we value your friendship majed Absolutely. and uh, we wish you all the best thank you so much god bless you god bless you my dear take care god bless thank you okay. thank you all right so yeah these are some hard uh, issues to take on i've said that uh, many people often may have a knee-jerk reaction uh, on some of the th uh, topics that action for canada takes on because um, <clears throat> i've we've been in this military psychological warfare and uh with our government our media and the globalists you know sort of controlling the messaging throughout time and especially in western christian nations uh i almost want to say to groom us to uh you know accept the decline of our nation and the destruction of it and to think that we don't have a right to protect our borders and really you know the report that we've given tonight i say with the greatest amount of respect towards the muslim community in canada you're either with us or against us and if you're against us why are you here um in 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 uh, other than to try to take over and when we see what the Muslim Brotherhood's plan is, they've laid it clearly out. I've shown you in the reports, it's right in their own documentation. It's to enter our miserable house from within and to destroy us. They're very patient. Political entry is, is a means that they get into key uh, positions of government, and they are effectively doing that to weaken our ability to fight against them. And that was motion M103, the Islamophobia motion, which was uh, tabled by Ikra Khalid. And um, she is one of the ones that has been reported that allegedly was tied to taking government funding and um, uh, funding extremism. And so that case, like I say, hasn't gone forward. And if they're innocent, they're, you know, that this should be investigated and uh, Canadians should be able to know and our security, you know, relies on this kind of information and the RCMP being freed up in order to do their job. And right now we can see that the federal government and Justin Trudeau is controlling them. We've seen the ties that uh, are reported in mainstream media of Trudeau's ties to and support for uh, example Khalistani Sikhs or possibly uh, extremist Hinduism in Canada. We don't know uh, because we're not being told the truth but we do know that there's a thread here uh, because CSIS themselves and other reports have come out from government uh, leaders such as uh, David McGintry in a report that came out in 2019 saying that Canada was under such extreme threat that our actual charter of rights and freedoms are at risk in our sovereignty. 
that's the actual report after doing a thorough investigation about foreign interference. Um, so don't take my word for it and don't, uh, you know, criticize me for being critical because you don't like what I'm saying. I've done my research and I'm asking you, if you're going to criticize me, make sure you go into the work and do your research. Please do that. And I say that respectfully. I'm in a fight. We're in a fight for the very existence of our nation and the future of our children. Okay. It's just so subtle and hard to see. I debated of whether or not I was going to play this video, but it is a news report um, where an Israeli uh, official was uh, was being interviewed regarding the attacks against that uh, hospital. And he handled himself so amazingly well, but it shows you how vicious this reporter was just trying to get a story out of it and supporting Hamas and their actions and trying to uh, degrade Israel for the fact that they do have to respond. This is war. Um, even as Christians, the Lord didn't say uh, throughout history that we should just be waltzed right over. Uh, otherwise, there would be no Christian nation left in, in this world. We, we have a duty and a right to protect our citizens, and Israel has a right to protect themselves. And this is an ongoing threat that needs to be addressed. And I like what Majed said, you know, that what about the Palestinian people? Are they not concerned about the fact that uh, Hamas intentionally uses their children and their women as human shields? Does, does, that, does that not tie a note with you at all? Does that not hit a core within you to say, this is extremely wrong and let's help get the Palestinians out of that region so that, you know, Israel can do what they need to, to take down Hamas and put an end to this, uh, this tyranny. Okay, so uh, Terenzio, let's bring that video up, please. Um, I, I don't need to click on the page. Thank you. And we'll just, it's 12 minutes, I'll determine, but uh, let's just watch this for a moment. And I want you to really see, this is the media worldwide. And this has been consistent for many decades as to um, how they report on Israel and the Jewish people. Thank you. Well, I'm joined now from Tel Aviv by Mark Regev, senior advisor to the Israeli Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, and a former Israeli ambassador to the UK. Um, good evening to you. Was it you? Apparently not. Uh, we're the whole time gathering more information. And now the highest probability appears to be that this was uh, an Islamic Jihad rocket. Uh, and as crazy as that sounds, uh, the statistics are clear. In past rounds of fighting, some 33% of Islamic Jihad rockets that were fired into Israel uh, fell short and landed in Gaza. Now, our intelligence is reporting to us that there was Islamic Jihad uh, uh, fire which was over the vicinity of the hospital, and apparently a rocket malfunctioned and hit the hospital. We had such documented case in the last round of fighting, I think it was in 2021, uh, where everyone said Israeli uh, atrocity, we hit a target, we killed an innocent family, and in the end, we could prove with a video that they, it was their rocket that was launched, and we actually saw the rocket land. Now, of course, uh, in Gaza, there is no independent civil society. Uh, the Hamas has ruled there for 16 years, uh, and all the voices that you interview will say Israel, 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 because that's the party line. But I urge... Uh, uh, caution. I urge people to think about this. You've got to hold off judgment. Uh, 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 we don't believe it's us. We're still looking, of course, uh, but we don't believe it was us. And all the evidence seems to indicate that this was a rocket fired by Islamic Jihad, that's Hamas's younger brother, 
uh, its twin terrorist organization, and they, uh, uh, it was their ordinance. Uh, we do not target hospitals. Let's be clear. Israel does not target hospitals. Well, it's not just the party line, is it? I've stood at the border myself. I've seen your airstrikes on apartment buildings. You have the capability to cause utter devastation to the people of Gaza City. That's what's happened tonight. The, the real fact of it is, whatever is the cause of this, it might be too late. The touch paper has already been lit. Do you understand that? But if, 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 if the paper is being lit, to use your metaphor, by a lie, by Hamas propaganda, blaming Israel for something that it didn't do, surely you should be saying that. And we should be trying to make the world understand that Hamas, which has no qualms about killing brutally innocent Israelis, has few qualms, qualms about lying. Why would they admit that it was a terrorist missile that killed their own people? Of course, blame Israel. But it's our job, and I would say it's your job in the media, to get to the truth and not to parrot just the Hamas position. Israel, Israel is responsible for everything that goes wrong. I mean, obviously Hamas will say that. Well, how quickly can you prove that it wasn't you if it wasn't? The point is that people in places like Ramallah, in fact, across the Middle East, will blame Israel. And therefore, I put it to you that your proof may come too late. It, that's possible. I mean, there are people across the entire Middle East who are willing to say, uh, believe the worst things about Israel and about Jews. Uh, they have all sorts of stereotypes, yes, but surely responsible people must hold off judgment until the facts are in, and I urge you to do the same. Even before this incident, we heard from the World Health Organization today that 2,800 people in Gaza had lost their lives, 11,000 had been injured. Those weren't all misfired rockets. Uh, you know you are causing civilian deaths in Gaza, and many will now say that after this, enough is enough. So, first of all, I know there's a tragedy unfolding in Gaza, and this is a war that has taken too many lives on our side. But those numbers you quote, they stem from the Hamas-controlled Ministry of Health in Gaza. That's where those numbers come from. How many of those were combatants? If you tell me that all those 2,000 were Hamas combatants, I'd say to you, good, that's who we want to kill. But of course, the Hamas Ministry of Health isn't telling you how many were combatants and how many were civilians. And of course, they're telling you their impression is, oh, they're all innocent people, no. You have to be skeptical. This is a regime, a Hamas regime, that just a week ago, you saw the sort of brutality it's capable of doing, and yet you're believing its press releases. Can the US president still come tomorrow? I see you've just put out a media note about the timings of his meetings with Mr. Netanyahu. Uh, it's best he doesn't come, isn't it? I, I disagree. I disagree. And, and it's not just he's coming. Your prime minister, the British prime minister is supposed to come. The French president is supposed to come. The German chancellor was here today. And the truth is the world has been outraged, not by Hamas propaganda, but by Hamas's actions. The world has been outraged by the brutal massacre of innocent people uh, on, on October 7th. The world has been outraged by the beheadings, by the ISIS type violence, uh, by the, the lining up of people and shooting them in pits, the murdering of babies the kidnapping of some 200 people and abducting them back to... That is the true story here, not Hamas's propaganda and this sort of false equivalence between a democratic society that is defending itself from a terrorist threat and between a group of ISIS-type terrorists who, 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 who butcher Israelis, 
and treat their own people, the people they claim to resent, uh, even worse. Well, so Mohammed uh, Abbas, uh, the Palestinian leader, has already pulled out of that four-way meeting uh, in Amman in Jordan. Uh, we'll see what happens with the Egyptian president, uh, even uh, King Abdullah of Jordan. We'll see what happens with that. You know, this idea of consensus over meeting Joe Biden is already falling apart. Um, you know, the moral equivalence of what happened in that terrible, terrible day on October the 7th, does that allow one war crime to follow another? I disagree. Uh, 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 there's no comparison. You're saying they commit war crimes, we commit war crimes, we're all equally bad. That's, that's not true. Can I remind you that when the international community united to fight ISIS, yes, ISIS controlled territory. In that territory, there were cities. Uh, famously in Mosul in 2016, in defeating ISIS, there were unfortunately civilian casualties, but defeating ISIS was the goal and the world is better with ISIS defeated. It's the same with Hamas. We are trying to avoid civilian casualties. The people of Gaza are not our targets. Hamas is our target. Hamas is responsible for this war. Israel res is responding to violence that was inflicted upon it. We are targeting Hamas's military machine. We don't want to see innocent civilians caught up in the crossfire. I'd like to be able to tell you at Sky News that we can promise there won't be a single civilian hurt in this war. But you know that's impossible. There hasn't been a war in modern history where, where, where civilians haven't been caught up in the crossfire. But what I can say is the representative well, in, in of a democratic society, we will make every effort, we will make every effort to minimize uh, uh, civilian casualties. Hamas, however, does the opposite. When we ask Palestinians you, to leave combat areas... You may want to areas, do that, but it is not happening. It is not well, why happening. Why do you say that? Because you believe Endlessly, Hamas propaganda we, that Israel is responsible for these deaths? That's, are, that's are the basis of your Are you saying that every action. image we see on our television screens has been fabricated from somewhere else, that every child we see pulled from rubble and taken to a, a hospital running out of supplies is a fake picture? And in Mosul, there weren't difficult pictures as well. War is very, very difficult. We don't want to see civilian casualties. But who is responsible so, so for sorry, this war? Are you saying, who is re are you who saying is there is collateral damage war? of civilians, or are you not saying that? I am saying the civilian population well, of Gaza is suffering. I am saying that there are civilian casualties. I'm saying we are making a maximum effort to minimize those casualties, as Britain does when it fights wars. We, are, we don't want to see civilian casualties. But we cannot allow Hamas to have immunity, just as you didn't give ISIS immunity when you defeated it in 2016 in Mosul. Don't judge Israel by a standard. You don't judge yourself. That's not fair. Well, you know, that was led by Iraqi and Kurdish forces uh, in Mosul. I happened to be there. With the British time, support, actually, correct. With falling. British support, British air power. No, I, I think the British did the right thing in defeating Hamas, in defeating ISIS. They did the right thing. They saved the world from evil people. ISIS had a territorial caliphate do, do you in Iraq them? and Syria. But can't you understand that Hamas has got the same sort of terror enclave? They've taken over territory. They've butchered our people. They treat the people of Gaza terribly. It's time Hamas was finished. We will destroy their military machine and we will dismantle their political uh, structure. And in doing so, we are actually doing a favour to the people so of doing, Gaza. In destroying Hamas, in, in destroying Hamas, you will destroy Gaza. Do you accept that that is? I don't accept end that. I don't accept. I don't accept your that. Your campaign. 
Well, I don't accept you, you that. Yourself I, I think say that, that Hamas I don't accept the rationale that they use human shields uh, to protect themselves. So how do. do you get to Hamas without killing civilians, which is what seems to be happening? So we are going to make a maximum effort to hit the Hamas machine without without uh, 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 doing what we can to avoid civilian casualties. Are you telling me? How many that because uh, no, but I'm asking. May I please answer? Allow, allow your your answer satellite surveillance you could probably count that Hamas for you. Has how many apartment buildings you have destroyed? How many civilian buildings you have destroyed in Gaza we City? We don't target. We don't target civilian structures. That is incorrect. What you've said. We don't target civilian structures. We so structure. What are, we ta- so we what are those high-rise buildings we've in seen Gaza. destroyed in Beit Hanun on Hamas the border targets. that I've seen with my own eyes? They are Hamas what, targets. What all of the buildings? The, what we target are Hamas strongholds. And here you have to understand. And please let me finish a sentence. Hamas embeds itself under the civilian population, under the city of Gaza. There's a network of tunnels. There are there are their rocket sites to launch rockets to attack our people. There are uh, arms depots. There are command and communications. Hamas has got a subterranean under civilian neighborhoods. They have a huge military machine. Now, are you saying that Israel is supposed to give them immunity? No, we've asked the civilians to leave the area. But we're doing what Britain would do there's, in our case. I'm there firmly believing There has to be that. another way. There has to. Don't what, what is, so please, this. There tell has me to the be other way. way. The other way is to give what? Hamas immunity. That's the other way to allow these butchers to kill our people and just turn the other cheek. Would you do that in Britain? This is not about Britain. This is about of, of what course. you're doing. It, it's Israelis dying. The, so the then areas we're not so in Gaza, which have been flattened, no, which is the homes no. you are of holding Israel to even you in Khanunis, where you're asking you are holding people Israel to flee. To stand, there have been sorry. airstrikes. You are holding Israel to a standard that you don't hold your own country to. That's the. All right. So um, I had come across that uh, earlier today, and I thought the interaction was incredibly important. We're seeing like I I just looked at, you know, that uh, reporter space when she was um, questioning this official from uh, Israel. And I thought that he had maintained his composure very well and provided that other side of the story. There was this constant twist and hatred. And, you know, I think that we need to really be able to have the conversation. A lot of people are are targeting Israel right now. Uh, they think that they were in and had uh, colluded with Hamas in this. And I think that we've got to be very careful. We've got to uh, hope and pray that information is going to come out for us to understand how they were able to uh, so easily come across one of the strongest borders in the world. Um, I don't know about you, but when I think about it, I've got, uh, you know, just this big knot in my stomach to think, how could this possibly happen? And uh, that's one of the reasons why I I am so supportive of Majed, the fact that he's going to go in there. um, He's not looking at a situation um, as far as it from a political perspective, but about who needs the assistance and the help. And war is an ugly thing, as this uh, gentleman has said. But what do you do when you're being attacked? And Hamas is not going to stop. Uh, Many times in the news when we've heard previously, and we have, we know people in Israel who provide the information on an ongoing basis that in 
in other in other times when you've heard about Israel sending missiles into the Gaza Strip, what they're not telling you is that first they were attacked. And if you listen to uh, reports from um, actual Jewish people on the ground who have podcasts, etc., they will be you know, informing you. They will have videos to let you know what what is going on in the ground, as so many did when this last atrocity happened. Um, so this is not meant uh, to divide us even further, but Israel has always, you know, been an ally of Canada. And I don't think when we've seen this kind of atrocity and the ongoing attacks from Islamists, whether it's ISIS, whether it's Boko Haram, uh, whether it's Hamas, this is ongoing always from the Islamic world, attacking nations. Go and look at the history. A lot of people say, look what the Christians did to, uh, you know, during the Crusades. But what you've got to look at is for 1,500 years, Muslims were coming in and subjugating and conquering Christian nations. And like I say, they did it brutally. And were the Crusades okay? People will then criticize, well, the Christians came in and brutally stopped them. If not, would we even have a Christian nation on this earth anymore? Anyways, this is a heavy topic, and I think that we should, uh, you know, be able to have the conversation, and that I always know that uh, Israel, throughout biblical times, is favored by God, and so were the Jewish people. And there was, um, actually, I'm going to share my page again, Terenzio, if you would pr please bring this up. So if we want to go back to the beginning of time and, and biblical times, um, and you're going to look at historically where the Christian line bloodline comes from and where the Islamic bloodline comes from, you would go back to Abraham. And he had a wife, Sarah, and they desperately wanted to have a baby, and God had promised him a baby. But he also said in Genesis 22, 17, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as, as, as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies. The Jewish people are named by God in biblical times as his chosen people. Now you can say, well, how can the, day, the Jews of today who don't believe that Jesus Christ died and rose again be God's uh, favored people? It's what the Bible says, and that Israel and, and um, the Jewish people hold a very important role, even in the end times. So Abraham wasn't having a child. He and Sarah were getting older, and he ended up sleeping with Hagar, and she had Ishmael. Ishmael is the line that um, I understand that the um, Muslims came from, and Sarah had Isaac. And um, Isaac is a very special line, in forwarding what the Bible verse here in Genesis says, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. And um, this is, it's like I say, thank you, uh, Terenzio, for sharing that screen. We'll just go back and like I say, my heart is heavy over all of this. Um, I can't understand how anybody could look at what was going on with our allies and uh, think that there shouldn't be a massive response to put a stop to this. And certainly, certainly this war should not be invited onto our soil. We don't need Canadians divided. We need to come together. And if ally, if our, if our ally is Israel, then the people that come to our nation need to accept that. 
And if they have a problem with that, they really are in the wrong nation. And I say that with all the love and respect in the world. All right, uh, Terenzio, next week's guest. Talk about bringing people together. Our next week guests, and we're going to, I'm not seeing the screen. There we go. All right, it's going to be our only, our very own Kim McBride, our national chapter leader coordinator, Dan Bichon, our pastoral lead. Terry Recker is our Oshawa chapter leader who's like hitting it out of the park in Oshawa. She is a provincial leader as well. She is vetting and um, uh, getting new leaders into place throughout Ontario. We're, we're building throughout the nation. And then Pastor Randy Beattie and his wife Diane are precious. Uh, they've been with Action for Canada for many years now. We met them through uh, COVID in assisting them in helping them keep their church open. And their church has been so blessed, like every other church who kept their doors going, uh, their doors um, open. And not only that, but what we're finding from churches who have opened their door to Action for Canada and they've allowed us to come in and have our chapter leader meetings there is that they're being doubly blessed and we're being blessed by that relationship as well. So next week is going to, uh, they're going to have a conversation about, uh, you know, the promising future of the church and Action for Canada aligning on a, on a greater scale and together working to preserve our Christian heritage. All right, in the Bible verse. All right, Exodus 23, 24, 32, and 33. You must not worship the gods of these nations or serve them in any way or imitate their evil practices. Instead, you must utterly destroy them and smash their sacred pillars. Make no treaties with them or their gods. They must not live in your land or they will cause you to sin against me. If you serve their gods, you will be caught up in the trap of idolatry. So Canada is in quite a pickle. I thank you, Terenzio. We're in quite a pickle because Pierre Elliott Trudeau and Mulroney way back when had opened the door to multiculturalism. And I believe it was within, with the intent to break down the structure of Canada and our Christian foundation. Uh, because Pierre Elliott Trudeau, as, as you know, um, he was a communist and he wanted to bring communism to Canada and he knew Christianity was standing in the way. And um, as that has grown, pods have uh, developed within Canada where we've got uh, cities within cities, you know, of different cultures that are setting up. Now, you can walk into Richmond and you can't understand the, the language. It's all, uh, you know, people who are Chinese. This is not multicultures living together. This is division that we're facing. But the very uh, most tragic part of this is that what we're seeing after uh, 50 or 60 years of this is that our very sovereignty, the very values that we hold dear are now being criticized. Our founding fathers are being toppled and our statues are being stored. Should this continue in Canada, this is why we're forming chapters across this nation. This is why we are appealing to all of you to take a stand. If there isn't a chapter in your community, we're asking you to stand up and be a leader. 
We've got absolutely everything you will need to be a leader for Action for Canada in your community. We will send you resources, a tent, tables, and uh, business cards. We have an email list of all of the fabulous Canadians who have stood up in Canada and uh, joined Action for Canada. We have those postal code regions so we can offer you support as soon as you choose to become a leader. Doug, I'm just draw drawn to uh, something that you have put in the uh, chat, Psalm 27, 13 to 14. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Oh, goodness, Doug, thank you as well for that scripture. I need, need to hear a little more of that because the problem can seem so big, but I'm going to remind you that when we're up against the LGBTQ, and I've got a huge report here, that I've been going over. And this report is going to prove that our kids are 100% being indoctrinated. This is their resources, step-by-step step in kindergarten, grooming them, indoctrinating them, exploiting their innocence. So we're on the front line of that battle. Before this big march had taken place, we were doing a prayer walk for revival around the flagpoles, the school boards, municipal offices, MPs' offices. And shortly after that, guess what? Plus all of the work that Action for Canada is doing at the community level to bring awareness to school board trustees, ministers of education, premiers, is that four premiers decided to pass policy in support of parents' rights. And that's an incredible miracle because these are four premiers who would not support their citizens through COVID and in fact were tyrannical in their ruling. This is a miracle. God has used these individuals to begin the breakdown of this um, deviant sexuality and this attack against our children. We need to be praying on the front line. But now I'm also going to call on you because the Lord laid it on my heart that we also need to pray outside of mosques, Islamic centers, temples, and uh, which other uh, ever other uh, religions that have come into this nation where they gather we're not going out. Obviously, we could never go out with our Christian flag and the Canadian flag and gather. This is hostile that we're, we're up against. And you would realize how hostile, if you don't believe me, I wouldn't recommend going through there, but you can quietly go on your own and pray and pray that the Lord would take down all false gods in our nation and all false teaching because multiculturalism is being taught in the class and they're not being taught about Christianity. They're not being taught about their rich heritage. So we need to get to battle. Look at my resources, go on to that political rise of Islam, watch the weekly update from last week and this way, this week you will be highly educated on this threat. We've gotta be courageous and we've gotta be bold um, because God is the only one that we should fear. When we choose to honor him and uphold his commandments, which says, do not have any false gods, do not have any other gods before me and do not worship idols. And uh, those are very important commandments. So we need to adhere to that. We need to clear, clean up our country. And in it, my prayer is that these people who have been deceived by following false religions will come to know the true Jesus Christ, will come to know the good God, the Father, who actually loves them. My God tells me, you know, to love and, and to give his word, but he offers free will. He doesn't force anyone to believe in him, that everyone should come to know him and have that, uh, you know, that assurance in life eternal. But it only comes through believing that Jesus Christ died, was the Son of God, and rose again for yours and my sins. Allah teaches subjugation. He teaches his people to destroy us and to kill us.
and not to love us. And you know what? I'll choose my loving Heavenly Father. And every other religion, there was a date when they started. Look at the dates. But the only one that doesn't have a date that I don't consider a religion but a faith in Christianity, the Bible says in Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and all that was in it. If you look up Buddha and every, any, any other religion, it was man-made. And when it's man-made, that means it has sin within it, all right? Because it's pride. There was something prideful that didn't want to follow God the Father. So I'm going to make my own religion and my own God, and I'm going to worship an idol. So just consider these words. And I say them in love, and I say them courageously, because there will be an end for all of us. And one day we will be standing before God, and he's either going to say, I know you because you knew me, or I don't know you because you knew me not. And he gives every single person on this earth an opportunity to know him and to receive him as Lord and Savior of their life. So I hope you'll make that decision today. And if any of you are watching this and you're thinking, I've never known that God, that he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, as a permanent sacrifice for all of us, right? For our sins are wiped as white as snow. You may think, I'm so sinful. I've done so many bad things. But God says the moment that you receive Jesus Christ into your life, he wipes your sins as white as snow. And he fills you with the Holy Spirit of God to, to give you all of the comfort and the guidance that you need to do the right thing and to lead you to a church. So if you make that decision, please reach out to um, our prayer. It's prayer-requests at actionforcanada.ca. It's on our pastor page. If you want to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you just need to say this prayer. Heavenly Father, you know what? I'm a sinner and I can't live life without you. So I give you my life today to be Lord and Savior. You will never be so happy. Life will never always be perfect, but your life will improve. And you will be invited into a family that maybe you're all alone and you didn't have. So reach out to us today. Sorry, <laughs> I'm a softy at heart. It breaks my heart to see what's going on in the world. And within Canada, we need peace and we love. We need love and we need true love and peace. And that's only going to come from faith in Jesus Christ. So on that, before I keep gushing, I'm going to wish you all a wonderful rest of the evening and week. And just God bless you and God bless Canada.
virtuous hearts will pursue it. You have a virtuous heart if you are here today pursuing freedom and righteousness. And then verse 23 comes along with a promise. God says he will turn the sins of evil people back on them. He will destroy them for their sins. Right.